0: Section 74 of the Turquoise Storybook, Stories and Legends of Summer and Nature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Turquoise Storybook, Stories and Legends of Summer and Nature, by Ada M. Skinner and Eleanor L. Skinner section 74 why roses have thorns algonquin legend in the far-off days of long ago roses had no thorns the branches of the bushes and the flower stems were smooth and delicate and made delicious food for the animals they greedily ate the leaves stems and lovely blossoms Sometimes, indeed, they devoured the entire plant. With grief, the roses saw that each year the number of bushes was growing fewer, and they feared the time would come when there would be none of their blossoms left to gladden the summer days. At last, they held a council to see if anything could be done to prevent the animals from destroying the bushes. But no one could think of a way out of the difficulty. "'We must go to Manabozho, the great chief,' said one of them. "'He will advise us what to do.' "'Accordingly, it was decided that several messengers, "'chosen from the council, should seek the great chief "'and tell him how the animals were fast destroying the roses. "'It was no easy matter to find Manabozho, "'for while he lived on earth among the red men, "'he took many disguises.' They who sought him were carried by the swiftest wind through valleys and meadows, and far over the hilltops. All along the path of their journey, whenever they asked the question, where shall we find Menabojo?" They received the same answer. Travel on toward the sunrise. There you will find the great chief. He is tending a wonderful garden. At last, one morning, they saw the sun shining on a marvelous garden where vegetables grew in abundance. There were beds of cucumbers and squash, rows of corn and beans, and many other plants whose names the messengers did not know. And what surprised them most was the beautiful hedge of rose bushes which surrounded the garden. They looked anxiously for the great gardener chief, but he was nowhere to be seen, Silently, the messengers hid themselves in a forest which grew near, for they believed Manabogia would soon return. The thought of talking to him filled them with awe, but they were determined to be brave and tell him their mission. "'He values roses, or he would not have chosen them for his garden hedge,' they whispered, looking with pride at the beauty of the flowering bushes. While they were waiting, a surprising thing happened.' In the forest, they heard quiet, stealthy steps approaching. Soon, they saw a procession of animals from the woods. There were field mice, squirrels, rabbits, foxes, coyotes, elks, and bears, all making their way to Manabozho's garden. They were sniffing the air, as if they scented something delicious. On they came until they reached the rose hedge, where they stopped to taste the dainty, fragrant leaves. Various cries of satisfaction were uttered, and immediately they began feasting on the delicate bushes. Leaves, flowers, and stems were all devoured, and in a short time not one bit of the rose hedge around the great chief's garden was left. It could not have disappeared more completely if Manabozho himself had cut it down. The dainty morsel of the rose hedge, however, was not enough to satisfy the hunger of the animals from the woods. They turned their attention to the vegetables, and were devouring the very choicest of them, when suddenly the smaller animals pricked up their ears and listened. The next moment they scuttled away as fast as they could into the forest. The larger animals took this for a sign of danger and hurried after them. In a little while, the messengers of the Rose Council heard a loud voice singing. Manabozho was returning from his adventure. As he drew near, his song ceased, for he saw that destruction had come to his precious garden. His rage was terrible. In a voice which shook the neighboring hillsides, he declared he would punish the intruders. He was particularly grieved at the destruction of his rose hedge, which he valued not only for its beauty, but because he believed it was a means of protection to his garden. When the messengers saw this, they came forward and stated the object of their journey. Manabozho listened with eager interest, while one of them told the story of the rapidly decreasing number of rose bushes. "'Great Manabozho,' said the speaker, The animals of the woods find rose bushes such delicious food that they eat blossoms, leaves, and stems. Our number is decreasing so rapidly that in a little while there will be none left to gladden the earth. The destruction of your hedge proves how ruthlessly the animals destroy us. Help us, O chief. Devise some plan to protect us. You shall indeed have my help, said Manabojo thoughtfully. For some time the chief was silent. Then he said, I'll give you weapons, and you shall protect yourselves. Sharp thorns shall grow on your branches, and needle-like prickles shall cover the stems which hold your lovely blossoms. While you are armed with these, the cruel animals will not venture to touch you. The messengers thanked Manaburja with all their hearts. Delighted with his gift, they hastened back to tell the council how the great chief had saved the roses of the world. Ever since that day, roses have had thorns. Adapted from Algonquin Indian Tales by Egerton R. Young. Copyright 1903 by Egerton R. Young. Reprinted by permission of the Abingdon Press Publishers. End of section 74.